Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. Her name is Shannon Rowan. I talked to her uh, last year with John Hamer, who's also been uh, one of my guests. Many I've done, covered many of his books. We covered a book last year titled Welcome to the Masquerade, Prelude to the Coming Reset. Uh, excellent book. And she's just followed up that book with a new book just published May 2023. Title of that, and you can see this if you're watching this on Rockfin. Title of the book is Shots Fired, Vaccine Weapons, Medical Tyranny, and the War Against Humanity. Her name is Shannon Rowan. Last name is spelled R-O-W-A-N. And it's a very, very well-researched book. It's it's actually almost like two books. It's almost 800 pages. And she has a lot of the names of people who I've covered. I've done the Bioweapon Blues series. I'm at episode 37. So some of the names, some of the things might be familiar, but she's put a lot of things in here i haven't heard of or wasn't aware of and uh lots of notes i think her footnotes are over a thousand footnotes it's very well it's actually close to two thousand footnotes so you can follow these footnotes and with the hyperlinks as well so it's a really well done book and i i'm glad that i read through it so i'm, I'm glad that she reached out to me as well so shannon rowan welcome to the show thanks william thanks for having me on it's great to be back Awesome. So for people who may not have heard our last discussion, can you kind of talk about your background, your earlier book? Your first book, I think, was Wi-Fi Refugee, Apply to the Modern Day Canary. Can you kind of talk about your background and what led you up to putting together Shots Fired? Yeah, I guess I was one of those kids who wouldn't shut up in terms of asking questions in class growing up. <laughs> but um, yeah, teachers didn't like me very much. Um, yeah, a lot of things. It, I don't have like a kind of one big aha moment, but I did meet John Hamer, kind of led me to actually writing books. Um, but I have a background in photojournalism and editorial writing. So I used to write for magazines, um, mostly like travel stuff, but sometimes more involved like environmentally, you know, environmental issues and things like that. So I have a background in writing. And I met John because I heard some of his podcasts, got interested, reached out, and we hit it off. And he recognized like my writing skills just in my emails. And he said, let's collaborate and write a book. And this was in early 2019. And we'd started another book, which we still haven't finished. But it was about like sort of more of a transhumanist thing and the EMF issues. So I had actually um, had to move from the cities. Um, I lived in big cities a long time and I had to move out because I got hit hard with like uh, when the 4G rolled out and I got really sick from radiation and I had to move um, my partner. We moved out west into Arizona first. Now we're in California. Anyway, on that in that during that journey, I met John and um, we were starting. He didn't know about the EMF topics and 5G. So we were um, collaborating on another book and then the whole scamdemic started and we shifted gears and focused on that so we started um welcome to the masquerade which took us you know a couple of years um we were both kind of in transition moving around and a lot going on i was also writing wi-fi refugee at the time so that actually wi-fi refugee technically came out like a month later i think um so they came out around at the same time but yeah so that i guess that kind of sums it up and i don't know if you wanted to hear more and so, yeah, I mean, you did this book, you put in some serious research and cover a lot of different things in many different chapters. You actually start off with the history of vaccines and things like that. And I have a name, James McComiskey, who did the, the intro for you. Can you kind of talk about all the research you did in compiling this book, Shots Fired? Yeah. 
Um, I know it got really crazy. <laughs> I'm just laughing because it took a lot more time and investigation than I expected to, when I went into it. Um, after doing the book with John in my book, I just, um, it was actually my father suggested I do one focused on the vaccines. And I thought that's probably a good idea. And I thought, oh, I could do like a short book. And then I just thought, you know, I can't really talk about this topic without going into the back, the history. And, and like he, my father was like, why don't you just talk, talk about these shots and why they're bad and don't talk about like why, you know, the viruses don't exist or all this other stuff. But to me, like, that's more important is to try to un get people to understand like how we've been played and how this has been going on a really long time, because otherwise it's going to continue, you know, just saying, well, these aren't safe and let's make safer ones isn't going to stop this madness and isn't going to stop, you know, the control agendas and like, and people need to see that. So I start with um, Jenner going back to the first vaccines. Um, and that's how I start the book. And that is, and James came into this, I've met him, you know, years ago as well online. And, and we also, we've been in touch during, you know, the last three years or so, um, you know, sharing the same interests and in, in, in like uncovering, you know, the, the vaccine fraud, the viral paradigm fraud and like presenting that to people. So, um, so his yeah, forward is basically stating that, yeah, that, I mean, viruses don't, aren't real that, you know, like we don't, there's no such thing as like a contagion. And <laughs> so, you know, this is all fraud. And, um, but what's so interesting to me, and I really enjoyed, re I did, a, so I did, um, I'll just say there's about something like 700 articles I reference for this book. And that's out of thousands that I read, because, you know, that's, I read them all. And I read 40 books or something. I mean, some of those books I read for Welcome to the Masquerade and my other books. So a lot of this is sort of like, piggybacking off of or like building upon research I did earlier, you know, so it's not all fresh or new for me. I just like built upon that and got more involved. So I read Jenner's uh, biography, actually the second volume through, I was just so interested. And what's so interesting to me about that is he really reveals himself in his own letters to friends and everything that are in the books, like how, what I want to just, um, you know, egomaniac, narcissist, uh, elitist, you know, looking to make money, never wrong, obsessed with pustules, you know, just it's fascinating. But there were people opposed to his vaccines from the beginning. He called they called them anti-vaccinists. Um, now we're anti-vaxxers. You know, this has just been this has just been going on and going on. And people at the time thought that when they were had these successes and they were able to like stop the programs of mandates that this would that we would look back upon that time as like you know something like bloodletting and something crazy and what's but it hasn't happened you know it's just gotten worse and we're still under this influence and under the kind of spell you know of this uh, germ theory and and uh, virology and everything so no, it's incredible. And uh, you see where it goes all the way back to Jenner, this whole idea that we're a herd, that human beings are a herd, just like a bunch of cows. And it's interesting that background of Jenner is never included. So you've done a great job in getting that. And he's telling his friends he's going to make a lot of money. He's a Mason, Royal Society, no medical training. Guys are charlatan, just like these other guys are full charlatans, just like Fauci. Like I know Fauci's a total charlatan and, and, uh, it's incredible that the humanity keeps getting played. So it didn't start yesterday. This has been an ongoing process, not just decades, but centuries. And it goes into even through the Rockefeller medicine, right? This allopathic medicine that they've all been weaned on 
Can you kind of talk about how this this change has overcome kind of the medical community? Yeah, so the next chapter is about the AMA, that's the American Medical Association and how that started um, because it does all come together. Um, it is Rockefeller Medicine, basically. I mean, Rockefeller funded that um, organization and they really took over. Their whole goal was to monopolize medicine. So people don't realize in this country at the time that we're talking 1800s, um, early 1800s, there were options for medicine and you and they, you could go to any doctor you wanted, you know, homeopath, whatever. I mean, actually, the predominant doctors were homeopaths. They were the most popular um, and they were the most successful. They actually had uh, amazing success during the Spanish flu, you know, with in terms of like their patients not dying, <laughs> recovering. You know, That's the idea. Supposedly yeah. the idea. Right. Do you know harm? That's important. Part of this whole thing is the Hippocratic Oath. You include that in here. It's like, you're not supposed to do harm. It goes all the way back to ancient Greece, but uh, right. yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to just present like that background as well and show, you know, there was always about money and it was always about control and they wanted to wipe out all competition. And allopathy really is based upon, um, you know, these old like barbaric practices, bloodletting, um, you know, weird medicines like like gathering moss from a human skull that's been rotting, sitting out in the sun and, you know, menstrual fluid from a dead person and, you know, eating stuffed puppies. And I mean, like really disgusting, bizarre, ritualistic kind of so-called medicine. It's not really medicine. Um, and that's the foundation of what we're dealing with now. And it's really not any different from that. It looks different because we've got the technology. We kind of wow everybody with like all this state of the art. You know? <laughs> <laughs> One of the funny things about medicine and that you're talking about this technology is that the idiom blow smoke up your ass literally comes from this fake medicine back there where they thought you could get better by taking like, uh, you know, uh, an airbag and shoving stuff up your uh exit hole i mean that's where it goes in the idiom is but it was back in this whole charlatan snake oil salesman thing it's all it's pervades this and you point out that the rockefeller family's dad wild bill or devil bill full-on snake oil salesman like literally incredible yeah he was he actually um had a cancer cure supposedly he went around selling and he kept getting in trouble for fraud and for raping people and you know just the horrible person <laughs> but it was made of it was from petroleum oil and that's what medicine is still today it's petroleum based and that was the rockefellers you know that's how they made all the money his son you know went into the standard you know and found a standard oil and then got into trouble for antitrust law you know violations however he kept getting around that they still have all these different they just kind of like fragmented the, that into different companies and you know, so that that family, that dynasty still has all these um, they have all these foundations, too. You know, so philanthropy is really just like they're like shell corporations for criminals. You know, that's how people need to see that. Um. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's really true. It's really incredible. Yeah. When you get the, the facts and the knowledge, that's why people have to read this book, because once you get the facts, you'll just see what they're doing. The doctors and these people on TV, what they're doing to you. They're literal snake oil salesmen. It was all fantasy too. You're like you're going to get this shot, and there it's all the the gaslighting has been going on for hundreds of years. I mean, 
Right. And snake oil is interesting because so my third chapter is about poison and it starts with snake oil. I mean, snake venom was like the original poison that was used on arrows, you know, to kill people and animals. And, you know, I think that's where like the snake oil kind of came from to say, well, not just that you're peddling something useless, but maybe poisonous. And the fact that we have these snakes intertwined around the staff, um, which was supposed to be, you know, there was a staff that Moses used with the serpent around it that's, you know, that cured um, people at the time, supposedly. And that, but their double snakes is actually um, has to do with Hermes, Hermes, however you say that, the uh, Greek god, which is actually a god of like, um, I think it's uh, death or war and, you know, and trade and, um, th thievery and, you know, yeah, thievery and commerce or something. So, um, so it's all in that symbol and it's right in front of us, you know, and they just say, oh, that was probably a mistake. It's not a mistake. You know, that's very intentional, I think. <laughs> so I think so too. I think that it's yeah. all just been a, a money grub. I've had a conversation with doctors. I've asked doctors this question. How many people are in this career for money and how many are in the career for actually healing people and i got some surprisingly honest results and they like close to each other which is oh about half and half half are really just there to make money and the other half are really kind of interested in actually benefiting people which should terrify the general public because i've had just incredibly terrible uh experiences with american allopathic healthcare just over and over and over again like it's just i don't even know if this is a, it, it shouldn't be called a healthcare system in my opinion yeah, I've, uh, that's my experience too. And that's part of what, you know, motivates me to do this research. I mean, I've been researching so-called alternative medicine for at least 20 or so years, um, which really isn't alternative. It's traditional medicine. Real traditional medicine is ancient. It's been around thousands of years, plant-based, you know, um, holistic. And I mean, I got into that at least 20 years ago because I, because I was not having any success with allopathic medicine and it was like I just couldn't believe the kind of experiences I was having you know like I was so trained to believe in it that it could help me and time and again I saw the problems and that they were always like giving me medicine that made me better initially and then worse again and then I need something the same medicine again and then it'd be worse and then I'm like slowly getting poisoned incredible you know and same I saw I mean friends of mine died because of this I had a friend die in his 40s because of the cancer treatment if he hadn't even gone into the doctor, he had a cough that was persistent. I mean, he was a smoker too. And it's all because he had the insurance from his job that he was able to get all the best treatments that killed him within a year. They killed him in a year. He was otherwise healthy. He was 47, you know, and I've known him a long time. It was crazy. And yeah, he told me it all the grueling, sorry. No, you're absolutely right. This, I mean, the treatments for so-called cancer are barbaric, like literally similar to, if not mustard gas pumping through your veins. You did really do much better to do the quote, as you say, alternative uh, things like get it some sunshine, get some fresh air, get oxygenated. I mean, it's they've murdered hundreds, millions and millions of people for years, like millions. I mean, it's just like incredible. And when you see all the facts in your book, it's just like you realize how how monstrous Gates is and Fauci and all that stuff. Like they've just been doing this. It just got worse with this shot. Like it just became even. And this shot was like we're at the new kind of technological age where they can put stuff in there without telling. I mean, it's like you mentioned, 
it's Nuremberg trial, you know, Nuremberg level, non non consensual experimental stuff it's off the charts. Yeah. Do you want me to go into the yes. ingredients? Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, well, it's interesting because what is disclosed is already really worrying, like really worrying, right? So you've got the liquid nanoparticle, lipid nanoparticles, which already is interesting that that we go back to Rockefeller again and Devil Bill and his selling snake oil petroleum based products because this is petroleum based. So actually lipid is, means fat, but it's from petroleum oil. So you're still using that in this, you know. Um, and the problem with the nanoparticle part of this is the reason these are developed in the first place is for it's like I call it like the, the ultimate Trojan horse. So, you know, they even say this. OK, so supposedly it's encapsulating um, the mRNA, the synthetic mRNA that's going to tell your cells what to do and to make these, you know, evil spike proteins. <laughs> and so already like that's where people should be like, well, should my body be making a toxic protein indefinitely? You know, I don't know. Um, so the point of the LNPs is to bypass your normal body's like defenses to keep poisons out of it, especially targeting the brain. Um, so these have been developed in for drug delivery into the brain where normally there's a blood brain barrier that can help prevent certain things from entering. No, this bypasses it because of its nano size. So it sneaks through. And the shell itself, these NLP, LNPs, uh, they tell us are made of like extremely toxic chemicals. You know, I mean, it's petroleum based, but they're specific chemicals. Um, one is called SM102, which the corporate, the chemical company makes it warns it's for research purposes only, not to be used in animals or humans, extremely dangerous, um, carcin can cause cancer, can cause infertility stillbirths, which is what we're seeing, it, you know, and that is there, huge warning, you know, bold, all, all caps lettering. Um, and it's included in at least the, I think it's Moderna says, yes, they have SM102. Um, Pfizer has other dubious, you know, <laughs> components of theirs. So they all, it, so these are disclosed ingredients. And then there's the ones that aren't because, um, you know, there's reasons that there's, they have their legal reasons. They don't have to disclose everything. Some of it's proprietary. You know, it's like, well, this is our secret formula. I don't have to tell you. Or it's so small or like not even so small, but it doesn't comprise enough of it to count. Did they do this with foods? You know, if it's only like 1% or whatever, then you don't have to include it. It doesn't, even if that 1% is the poison, you don't have to include it on the ingredient list because it's just, you know, makes up that small of an amount. But that's all the poison you need to kill somebody, even if, uh, depending upon your poison, right? It's based on the dose. Right. And, and there's it, tons, yeah. And they found like weird circuitry and strange things in some of these shots. Not all of them, but some of them have weird uh, self-assembling nanoparticles, right? Yeah. And that's the part that's undisclosed. Um, interestingly, um, I think the CDC website had to say there's no, we don't, they had to say we, there's no, um, they're trying to refute these accusations. Oh, there's no, uh, these kind of metals, there's no nano antennas and things, routers, you know, that's not in here, but yeah, a lot of different researchers, you know, I would be more skeptical if it was like coming out of one place, but these are like different researchers all over the world 
who have found the same kind of things with their own research teams. You know, so they're seeing, and they have photographs of this, they have videos of it. They're seeing like nano circuitry, you know, nano um, self-assembling. Interestingly, um, they see it happening with inside of electromagnetic fields. You take it away from it, it may, it will shrink back. Um, so it's expanding and kind of growing inside of like, if you go near a cell tower or Wi-Fi router, um, so what we're having happening at the same time is this, of course, the 5G rollout. So you can see where this is going. Like you've, And what's so interesting to me is like, I actually mentioned this in the book too, um, just the predictive programming, you know, in television, um, X-Files years ago in the 90s, they had um, the, the boss of the, you know, Mulder and Scully, he'd gotten like infected with nano, somebody like got nanoparticles into him, nanobots. And they were able to use a remote control and like turn up the heat, you know, like once they turn the dial up, um, he like, it went crazy in him, his vessels, blood vessels start to go weird. And like some of some, actually we've seen this happening with some people with these shots. And then once he, the guy reveals himself, he's like, he knows that he has to now stay, like he can't step out of line and they have, they have full control over him. So to me, it's like, it's possible. I don't know how possible this is, but maybe, there's this level in which, you know, you can, you could directly control somebody with this nanotech in them. You could turn it up or turn it down or, you know, make it do what you want it to do. And there's a lot of evidence that this kind of weaponry has been developed by our military. I have um, part of an interview with this Dr. Charles Morgan, who um, talked about how they can program bacteria to go, you know, to like, hide information in bacteria, put it into somebody's body, make it do things once it's in their bodies. Um, you know, just, you know, sci-fi kind of stuff. He's like, it sounds right. like sci-fi. It's real. It's happening now. And this was years ago. It's incredible. They busted that guy, Charles Lieber, who was doing nanoparticles, like so small, like a nano thing within one cell, one human organism. So they can do very incredible cutting edge like you said science fiction type stuff these days which really is scary and you can see those people like there's videos of guys they're on their phone that phone something might be triggering something and then they spin around and go down there's like yeah. tens of uh if not hundreds of those videos so something's very strange like i've never seen before is that but that's not the only thing like they're putting graphene oxide in there and there's other stuff in there that are not healthy for the human body right yeah, the graphene oxide seems to be play an integral role with the nanotechnology um, to enable it. And that's not surprising because it's been kind of targeted as like the thing that's going to be needed for the 5G Internet of Things plan um, as like it's a superconductor. It's like the most, you know, it's like the super metal and it's flexible. You can make it tiny, really small. It can do all these amazing things, but it's highly toxic. And this has been known for a long time. It's in the scientific literature that the toxicity of it. Um, and it's, you know, but they still want to use it in like, yeah, another, some more of these brain targeting, you know, technologies supposedly to help people, Parkinson's victims and things like that. But what you can do with that is actually erase memories, implant memories. I mean, you're talking about remote controlling people, like literally. And they've been working on this for, almost a century, um, the remote controlling with the brain, you know, these implants that, you know, Elon Musk wants to sell us and other people like him supposedly to make us smarter. <laughs> right. Yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> right. trust that at all. Neuralink just got approved by the CDC or the FDA today. 
So that tells oh. you a lot about where we're going. That just happened literally within the last 24 hours. So, wow. yeah, total corruption. And I mean, God only knows. But I mean, you can go back to Delgado. I think it's the psychosocial control of the mind. Like he was talking, but they these people don't have kind of that view. They have a scientific view. You're just an organism. You are not really a person. You're some kind of herd or they have a very negative view of just the average person so you can just you know test them put graphene oxide my understanding is alcohol kills graphene oxide so if you took the shot make sure you take some shots of alcohol <laughs> to degrade that but i mean it's really scary what they're putting in this stuff it's off the charts and i think they've been doing it i think that the based on the lot and data mining and the growth of power of computing they can really target people based upon the lots and we know that the lots or have different toxicity and different effects because you can go, how bad is my jab or what? Well, I forgot what that website is. It's uh, how bad is my batch? So you can see how many adverse reactions there are, assuming those reactions have been put into bears. And you talk about bears, like it's incredible if people knew how shady the uh, administrative bodies are about bears, they would just, they would, they, they could, I don't know how people could support like this kind of, uh, medical establishment they just couldn't do it if they knew the truth right i know absolutely and like you said it well it's only maybe one percent um, at best ten percent that go get reported to the system this is we're talking about the vaccine adverse event recording you know reporting system um, most doctors don't even know about it um, you know it's voluntary system in terms of reporting and um so but even then the report the amount of injuries, um, really serious injuries, disabilities, I mean, devastating, you know, we're talking about like extremely disabling and then the deaths have um, just from this one shot have actually the numbers are higher than 30 years of reporting from all vaccines on the system. I mean, that alone, you know, is incredible. That alone should be enough to shut this down. If we weren't, didn't have a completely corrupted system, completely corrupted, you know, CDC and all these health authorities, there's no way that they could have continued with this. Um, you know, it would have been shut down. It should have been shut down. And I mean, you, I mean one of the quotes from your book is that uh, it's, the data is intentionally ignored as CDC policy from something that was leaked in 2001 from the Medicines Immunization Safety Review Committee. So your own government is ignoring the data. And they've gotten busted just last year minimizing data in that Bears reporting system. Somebody was following it, and then suddenly okay. things came off the system. That's uh, Rachel Walensky, total demonic monster from the pit of hell, along with Fauci and Gates and all these other evil people. But like they're fudging all the numbers and lying to people. She knew how bad it was. And you quote Naomi Wolf, who I quote all the time. But mm. she knew how bad it was, I think, in 20, 2021, how bad things were. Because she was getting the reports, too, and she ignored them. Totally yeah, and she, yeah, and she finally recently um, had to say that, it, that these shots do not stop transmissibility, transmission. So it's, so they're worthless. You know, there's no... Yeah, they're completely. And they said safe, safe and effective. Yeah, they're they're worse. They're a negative effect, right? Yeah, yeah. It's called um, negative efficacy, right? It's down there. That means that um, it, they provide net harm. There's no, you know, that's <laughs> that's what it comes down to. 
it's really incredible yeah and you can go back and like you call this like the fauci generation like this whole generation has effects of a variety of things that we we uh people don't trace back to these shots but it could be all the people with uh you know ocd and autism and all this gets traced back to these jabs right yeah um i have a friend he got you know in an accident 10 years ago went to the hospital and this is what they do in the hospital they immediately jab you with the tetanus shot without asking your permission or anything i guess that's what you sign away when you come into the hospital and he's like what you just do oh i gave you a tetanus shot you know it didn't even wasn't like a puncture wound or anything stupid like he didn't even really need to go there and um as it so ever since then he's had ocd like just insane ocd and he really battles with that you know, and I have people in my family, you know, just now getting like diagnosed with autism. Um, and I, you know, I have like, you could say I'm on the spec, we're all on the spectrum, right? And I don't mean to belittle this, but the point is that we're all poisoned to some degree. When you have a spectrum disorder, it's like you're basically describing levels of poisoning and how much you, you know, whether you've been able to detox or not. I've had trouble cognitively myself um, with speech, you know, my whole life, all these issues, attention and focus, but I'm, I'm only able to write books now because I detoxed a lot in the past, like eight years. Yeah. (laughs) What was your protocol? What was your protocol for people? I would say the things I've tried a lot of things, but I'll tell the things that I think work the most and the most effectively Um, sweating, definitely sweating. And carefully, you know, like safely, make sure you're hydrated, but not overhydrated, you know, minerals um, slowly, like it's really important to do it slowly and safely, because you can really get yourself into trouble if you get into like this low electrolyte state, you know, and get very sick, you might have to go to the hospital. <laughs> so you want to go slowly. So sauna, you would recommend saunas? Is that correct? Saunas. Um, I would say... Dry saunas are better in a way because you know you're sweating. <laughs> I think it gets dangerous in a steam one. You don't really see that and you don't know how long, you know, you kind of lose track of like how long you've been in there. Anyway, um, but I would say red, like the cheapest one, you can just do at home like today for literally like $50 or less. Buy red um, coated bulbs, 250 watt. They sell them at feed stores for like raising baby chicks. And you just mount them. You just get the reflector, you know, lamps that come in. And you can put them on light stands. I happen to have some from my years of photography. Um, you can mount them to like a wood thing on a wall, but you do it in your bathroom, um, you know, in a closet. Make sure you have some air coming in and just kind of sit on it. I had a swivel bench, I, you know, like a bar stool I sat on that where you like rotate like a rotisserie chicken kind of, <laughs> um, you know, like 10 minutes on one side and turn around. Um, and that's powerful. Even if you're not sweating, the infrared light itself is really healing and penetrating. So, um, but, you know, getting a sweat from that and a cold shower helps after, especially a cooler shower. Cause then you, you get this, you, you know, then you kind of close the pores off. So the sweat's not coming back into your body, like all those toxins, but, um, and then coupling that with like taking clay or, you know, and, or like kelp. Um, so clay is going to help remove it internally from your body. Um, so also charcoal and, um, kelp is a good binder for heavy metals as well. So anything binding that also helps remove it from your body. Um, I just don't, I, I know some people have done pharmaceuticals. They can be really dangerous uh, for chelation therapy. And that means, you know, getting rid of the heavy metals. Um, 
And anything you use, even if it's natural, can be dangerous because what happens is um, it can also remove minerals from your body along with the heavy metals. And heavy metals displace minerals. So like the key is getting more minerals in your body because the minerals will also displace the heavy metals. You know, the heavy metals displace minerals, minerals displace heavy metals. So so like kelp's great because there's a lot of minerals in it and you're also removing the heavy metals. Um, what else? Coffee enemas, kind of gross, but you know, that's helped a lot. That helps detox the liver. Um, getting away from the EMFs <laughs> helps. I still get kind of like brain foggy if I go into town and there's a lot of EMFs around. So I'm not immune to that, but I can tolerate it better than I used to be able to. Right. And I've heard that generally those habits are good for just your health as well, you know, to do saunas, to take bentonite clay or things like that, charcoal. And you can buy charcoal and a pill. And those red lights are very popular. Like I know some alternative hosts who sell those kind of, they actually, you can get like something you hang up on the, on your wall for, you know, 50 bucks, hundred bucks, not too. You can actually go big and spend thousands of dollars, but for a fairly reasonable sum, you can kind of, get that i've heard very good it goes that infrared light goes to like the mitochondria stimulates healing and things like that i've heard that so yeah. there are solutions you know you don't have to be passing you can look at the flccc protocol too uh and see all their recommendations and what they recommend and some of the stuff is like resveratrol you can just drink red red wine um if you're you know up for that or there's all kinds of ways that you can counteract these effects anti a lot of anti-inflammatories too cur curcumin things like that so there are natural ways and those those are kind of good things for health in general actually but uh it's just incredible what they've gotten away with for years i do think that every auto after every case of autism or spectrum comes back to the shots for the last 20 or 30 years and there's a cover-up on that too not just the current shots right oh yeah i mean this has gone way back um you know this autism link um, it used to just be called like encephalitis, which is your brain swelling due to, you know, poisoning from vaccines and, um, you know, vaccine induced encephalitis. They'll, they'll still sometimes admit to that depending on the situation, but they try not to. And so that's really autism came. It was discovered in 1930s, right after the rollout of the first um, aluminum containing shots. So um, before that, there was no heavy metal in these shots, right? So the first vaccines that contain heavy metal, it wasn't mercury. It doesn't have to be mercury, any heavy metal, but basically it's been aluminum and mercury or both of them. And this is what's been causing it. So um, right around that time, like a couple years after the rollout, I think it was the diphtheria shots. Um, the uh, two doctors, one in Vienna, Dr. Um, Asperger, that's why we have the Asperger's, you know, autism named after him, and Dr. Kainer um, in Maryland, so in Baltimore, both saw these new patients displaying, they called it autism because that was a term they used to describe the self-isolating behavior of schizophrenics. Hmm. So what they saw was this strange self-isolating behavior in these children. And um, they didn't know what to attribute it to. So they weren't the ones making this connection. They were just describing this new weird disease, but it coincided with the rollout of these shots, mandated shots, you know? So, um, and it just got worse from there. And that's what we've been seeing exploding. It's not, oh, we have better diagnosis now. Like, I mean, and it's less stigmatized. That's ridiculous. That doesn't account for like the, in the incredible increase in this. 
Um, it wasn't seen before. It wasn't seen because it didn't exist. It's not that people didn't know how to diagnose it. It right. wasn't there. It <laughs> doesn't. Know? It doesn't exist on any Amish uh, land because the <laughs> right. Amish don't use any of these drugs. They just rely on God, and they have. They don't have a lot of the, these types of diseases as well. So you can find test cases. And the same thing happened with Haiti, who didn't roll out the shots for COVID. They have like mm -hmm. a flat line um, of deaths that have not increased, whereas all these other countries, India and stuff like that, have these changes. So you can trace it back to the shots, not to some airborne event or something like that. It's ridiculous. So it's really, I mean, Americans have been gaslighted, bamboozled, buffooned, lied to by all these snake oil salesmen. Uh, and Fauci's been in power. I mean, the guy had power for so long. It's off the charts 30 40 years and some of the numbers that you put in the book are shocking because they're not like millions these are billions if not trillions of dollars being spent and people are getting sicker right yeah i mean right what are the results um he's been in charge of you know health of the nation <laughs> since you know, all those years and and it just got worse i mean since we've been spending billions on cancer research and preventing cancer more cancer um you know i mean the evidence is there i mean the proof is in the pudding as they say you know it's right there so what else do you really need like they they come up with every excuse under the sun i mean but it's just excuses you know yeah it's um, the agenda it's the sickness agenda it's really the, the most disturbing is that all these guys know they know and that's the thing that the american public don't understand is that gates fauci walensky they know and they've just lied about it to your face and injured kids, and this whole myocarditis now in infants and stuff like that. Like, it's all because of them. They know. So these are these are the worst people since the Nazis. They may outdo the Nazis, actually. So I, I may be wrong. I may be giving, uh, being, being unkind to the Nazis, which is a really hard thing to say. But uh, it's really just an incredible event. And then this whole new thing. I mean, they're go we're going into transhumanism. I've heard have conversations with these people about the resurgence of Gnosticism and this kind of melding of the human concepts, the standard normal human concepts that we say man and a woman, and this is a human being. We're into new territory with this whole President Biden thing. He signed this executive order advancing biotechnology and biomanufacturing innovation for a sustainable, safe, and secure. I mean, that that is just Orwellian right off the top. But people should really be concerned and, and afraid. Do you Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and it's like, I know that I sound like a conspiracy theorist when I start talking about transhumanism, but the thing is, I'm not, I didn't invent transhumanism. You didn't invent it. This is a futurist. They're talking about it. They're the ones who want this. And they've been talking about it a long time. And they're finding what's happening is they're grooming us is how I see it. So like we are resistant to that idea. Most of us, excuse me, <laughs> but, um, we're less resistant as our bodies are destroyed by these technologies. And we say our limbs are amputated because of blood clots. Um, you might kind of want to have some bionic arms and legs in that case. You know, this is exactly how some people are describing it. The amputee victims, they want these, you know, one was a musician. He wants bionic fingers, you know, because he can't play his guitar anymore because of blood clots from the shot. So you create the problem, you know, problem, reaction, solution. You, you know what the, you, you expect the reaction, you have the solution ready. So this is what, why, you know, the brain implants, um, oh, it's for, you know, Parkinson's, it's for, oh, all these brain disorders that are coming up, all these cognitive problems, Alzheimer's, 
you know, so you create these problems and then you offer the solution, but the solution really is to create cyborgs. I know it sounds crazy, but this is what Ray Kurzweil, he's like, you know, he's like Google's um, director of engineering right now. He wrote a book called really frightening book. I unfortunately have read through it. Um, I have it at home here at home. It's called the singularity is near. And this was written in 2006. And he says that he's talking about like 2030 that we won't need, you know, we're just around the corner that we won't need um, all these organs we have in our bodies anymore. You know, that they're, they're cumbersome, they're problematic. Um, let's change, let's get rid of your heart. Maybe you don't even need a heart. He says, you don't need a heart. We need nanobots, you know, and there were other articles like, you know, I've looked at all these futurist articles and they've been talking about this for a long time that everybody will have nanobots streaming through their blood by 2030, again, 2030, because it'll be good for us. It'll monitor us and just getting people okay with this idea of being monitored all the time for your own health and safety. You know, the Fitbit, that's now just being integrated into your biology getting people tethered to cell phones and other devices. And then they say, oh, well, you could lose that. And look what, you know, people are so dependent upon them. They're so fear of losing them or the battery failing, whatever. They're actually getting excited for this to be integrated into the body. You know, so like talking about basically the brain chips can be like a cell phone inside of your head and you don't, need, <laughs> you know, you can get text messages into your head. Great. Um, <laughs> so you, and then you get the next generations just raised with this, all these movies and they make it cool and you know people really into it like the geek they used to be geeks and they were on the fringes of society now that's kind of like normalized and that's just like everybody all the kids now are like that um and what are the jobs available to me it always comes back to like you you destroy an economy and with the fake you know crisis and then you create a new one and the new in the new one when all the small businesses are destroyed you know, what are the options for you to stay alive, feed your family and yourself? It's working for the tech sector, for the medical sector, for the biomedical, which is tech and medicine. And that's, or being like a, in a, being a doctor or being a lawyer, you know, the lawyer that, you know, that backs, that like protects the doctors, protects these industries or a politician. And it's all the same machine. It's all the same control machine. So those are your it's options. incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. When you think about how the economy shifted, so all that money went to these uh, medical companies and the, the vaccine manufacturers, and then the whole middle class got ravaged. I was seeing a guy, half of the businesses, the small businesses in San Francisco are gone and will not return. Like that's an incredible tax base. So now, like you said, it's like a dystopian shift up the pyramid. It's just what's happened is really... It's a like a warfare state or something has happened that has never the humanity or this country has never seen in the past. Like it's off the charts. The consequences yeah. too. Nothing else has ever wiped out that much of our our businesses, small businesses. Never. Not a war, nothing. You know, I mean, this is incredible. People should see this. That's why I keep saying war against humanity. I mean, that's what you have to come to that conclusion when you when you see what's happening. And like you said immediately the money went to these sectors you know trump i'm sorry for you people who've been backing trump who think he's some kind of savior he's not look what he did he immediately gave two trillion dollars to you know to tech to tech and buy like medical you know biotech like he gave it to them not to us you know i mean and then took let and let the lockdowns happen and let us lose our jobs 
and the yeah, perverse incentives, the CARES Act, like Trump's in on it, baby. Don't don't get deceived. Both parties are culpable in this whole situation. I'm sorry. That's like right. if you're still stuck in the uh, two party duality, I pity you. You're in a like a hall of mirrors or a carnival or something. You're not seeing the big picture. It's bad. I mean, there's and you've done a great job in this book. I really commend you on putting this in a way that you have it in easy chapters. People can check out the chapters. 2,000 footnotes, 700 pages. You do yourself a favor and get this book, people. It really will help you out and clarify a lot of things that, you know, sometimes you, you don't have it all in one place. So you've done the work and like properly researching it, you know, like in a very scholarly way. So great job on the book. Where's the, is there anything you'd like to add or anything I've missed just to wrap it up? We're at about 45 minutes. Well, yeah, I mean, just again on the transhumanist topic, um, and you kind of touched on this, um, you know, like, okay, these ideas of like, we're, we're also at the same time this is happening and not coincidentally, our whole idea concept of like identity is being as under attack. So, so gender identity, you know, what it means to be human, I sort of end the book with that, you know, like to leave readers with like, what does it mean to be human? Because what that is under question right now, that is under fire. It's like, um, you know, they even have, they got the Dalai Lama, you know, like supporting transhumanist agenda. There's something called the Avatar. You know, they have this like, um, you know, project uh, 2045. They want everybody to be like an avatar or hologram by that year. <laughs> and he's behind this because, because you get these like well-known religious leaders, spiritual leaders to say, well, what's conscious? What's, you know, what's the body matter? Because consciousness, right? It doesn't matter if it's, does it matter if our consciousness is trapped in a robot body that's controlled by somebody else? I think it might, you know, but they're trying to say it doesn't matter. Um, and so what's going to happen is when you've got synthetic DNA in your body because of these jabs and somebody argues for patent rights, you know, over you, just like they do for foods that are genetically modified, then we have a problem of defining biology. And what happens is you then have to say, well, what is biological life? And so we're going to redefine it, which is what they've been doing. Um, and they're going to say, well, synthetic, you can't say synthetic biology because biology defines life. Synthetic is not alive, but they are doing that. And so what we're going to have is like, yeah, this merger of that's what transhumanism means. It's like merging man and machine. And they're going to say, well, there's this other things, just like there's other genders now. Other, there's other kinds of life forms you know, robots. And so then you have the robots that are allowed to live. I mean, it's crazy to hear this, but there are like so-called intelligent robots, like one called Sophia, who has citizenship in, in at least Saudi Arabia. I think some other countries gave it a robot citizenship, which means that a, a robot could work alongside you and we have equal rights in society. I mean, right? The implications of that, plus there, it's a surveillance machine. I mean, we're all going to be surveillance machines. We already are in a way. If you're carrying around a cell phone with you, you are a surveillance machine. But you're going to even, it's going to be even crazier. And this is what we're headed for if we don't stop this. Right. And like you're, they're breaking down the notion of human individual sovereignty. That's really what it is. Like, oh, you've got this other technology in you now. And we own that, and I got the patent on this, and now you're carrying my patent. Hey, I didn't, I didn't agree to this, you know. Like I, I'm, this is uh, another thing of non-informed consent. But that's what their argument's going to be. Like, what if that ever gets enforced in a court of law? Like, yeah, he had the patent, you know, Bob. You're no longer, you're like a techno slave or something, or 
They can upgrade you at will. And you say that in your book. Like they're looking at the human body and these things in software technology terms. We're just going to keep giving you shots and it's going to be like a software upgrade. Like you go to sleep and next you're upgraded. To upgraded to what? You know, like are we are no longer the same? Like these are questions that you have a lot of questions in this book. I think they're important questions because these questions are going to come very shortly. They're hurtling, accelerating uh, very fast. Like humanity hasn't caught up to it yet. Wow. Yeah. Great Great. job. Great book. Really made me think a lot too. So thanks so much. And uh, thanks for reaching out. Where's the best place to get shots fired? Um, Well, unfortunately only on Amazon right now, but I am working on getting it at least on Barnes and Noble, maybe some other platforms. Um, That'll take a couple more weeks probably, but I do the print and the ebook are now live on Amazon. Um, And if you just search Shannon Rowan, you know, I have an author page there with my other books, but you can also go to my website. I, I update, you know, my blog there to when, you know, when I have the other book out, I mean, the other platforms, um, I will update it on my website, which is wifi refugee.com, wifi hyphen refugee.com. And you can email me there. You can check out podcasts. You can, you know, get updates about my books. It's wifi hyphen refugee.com. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's the best place to contact you. I'll put that in the yeah. show notes so people can link through it, but, yeah. uh, People, do yourself a favor. Go get this book. It's really one of the best ones, clarifying everything that we went through and what humanity really is going to go through very shortly in the next decade. And the author, again, is Shannon Rowan. Last name spelled R-O-W-A-N. Full title is Shots Fired, Vaccine Weapons, Medical Tyranny, and the War Against Humanity, just published May 2023. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. All right, cool.